You're listening to Worst Show Ever. I'm your host, CJ Boyd. Uh, we are at The Range in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I'm here with Mara Woody, who has to leave in 20 minutes or so. Uh, I'm a time wizard, so I'm yeah, always... Time wizard time. I'm a slave to time. And Clifford... What's your last name, Clifford? Grindstaff. What is it? Grindstaff. Grindstaff. Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, yeah. Um... Doesn't come up much. You have the right. best. Except name. in legal awesome terms. You've got such a good name. Thank you. Seriously, good name. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Now, just a little introduction. Uh, Morrow plays. You play a few things. Uh, Lady Uranium. Yes. Solo project. Uh, Chichara. Yes. Uh, who I've toured with a little bit in a California. Bit, just a little bit. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> it's one of my favorite bands. Aww. And. What else? You're in other things. Um, I'm in a goth new wave band called Pink Funeral. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was just awesome. <laughs> um, I am a, in a wizard robot band named Melanthius. Okay, I am, I'm in um, an untitled project with Gina Lawson, who's Animal, oh, yeah. and Lisa Lorenzo. And I'm in Merman Roberta, also with uh, Gina Lawson. And that's her rock and roll... Um, kind of designing women band where we do. <laughs> it's really fun. Okay. And we were It's really just all talking shit the entire okay. time and playing covers of rock and roll songs. And then um, I'm in the performance art to Melchior La Machina. Sweet. I'm in a um, bunch of stuff. Bunch of stuff. Uh, busy lady. Uh, now, Cliff, you're in. All your things Here we today. go. Uh, I will give you a rundown. Uh, founding member, Shoulder Voices. Member of Death Convention Singers. Bass player for Black Tie. Uh, uh, the Jeebies okay. with Marisa DeMarco. Jeebies is the one that I... I yeah. love Jeebies. That's, that's, that's a great, noisy performance art. Um, and uh, solo projects. Uh, the... Most notably, the name I go under, Ipitor Gavian Makishlov, <laughs> yeah. uh, Russian reggae. I've never been able to say that one, but that's the I think when I first met you, you were touring with Bigawa. Yes, and also played with Bigawa, yes, based uh, with Bigawa. And that was like, I know that maybe either you or Marisa said this other band. Yes, I was like, I'm yes. not, I don't know how to say that, yeah, but yeah. that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's kind of what I've done around town. Well, yeah. Yeah. Great. He's so yeah. great. <laughs> so we're a little short on time, so I wanna I wanna okay. get into so, it. Morrow, tell me about your worst show ever. My worst show ever. Um, well, I recently had a show, and it wasn't actually the worst show. It was good. It doesn't have to be the worst. I mean, it's whatever you wanna, however you want. To it go. was the most demeaning show oh. I've ever had, but I took it back. It's funny that I I apologize to you because I went on a whole kick last year about figuring out why people apologize, especially as performance artists, why we do it all the time. Okay. And I think as a woman, um, there's this kind of like unspoken feeling, subconscious feeling you have when you're on stage of proving thyself over and over again, even when you, you know, you know your stuff. And I've joked around a lot, like I would just carry like a schematic of my gear, just write it all out and just hand it to a sound guy. And a sound person be like, here, this is how my rig is set up, so I don't have to explain to you how I know how this works. Because I've had to do that right, a lot. Right. And I think when you sound like me, you sound like a cartoon animal. Oh. People don't take you seriously. <laughs> and so I've had to pitch my voice 
a certain way and be more authoritative. As Mara Witty, I'm really cute and funny, and that's disarming. And then people don't take me as seriously. But as Lady Uranium, I like I'm a weirdo. I'm a badass. I don't. I will rip you to shits, which is great. So yep. I, I have to like learn how to balance the two. But so I played the show at Male Wolf, and I opened for a band called Perfume Genius, and. I, the whole thing was weird anyway, how um, Young Wolf approached me They in an email. They first told me I was going to be opening up for Zola Jesus, and I was all, Zola Jesus? Wow, cool. And they were like, oh, our bad, my bad, not Zola Jesus. And I was like, okay, perfume genius. Because, you know. I don't know Zola Jesus. Are they a bigger... Zola Jesus is just a really cool... Um, Jesus, not genius? Yeah, Jesus, not genius. They get really confused, okay. right? <laughs> so... She's, she's a really cool, like, out there musician. Zola Jesus. Okay. And I was like, cool, I, like, I really like Zola Jesus. In the vein of, like, The Knife and Fever Ray, okay. but a little bit more witchy. Okay. Um, and I was really stoked, because that's kind of the stuff that I do. Yeah. And Perfume, and Perfume Genius is cool, so I was like, all right, yeah, that sounds like a fun show. So they told me when I had to get there and do all the stuff. And so Mike, my fiancé, and I get there, and we are just, like going into the little green room and I'm approached by this guy who's just so like amped he's just like hey hey you must be the uranium blah, 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 blah. and I was like okay this is weird because I played there before and was never greeted like that and I was like alright and he like the guy who worked there? no he oh. was the tour manager the reason why I'm bringing okay. him up is because okay. he plays a big role okay. the in, the, in, the, in the for perfume, perfume genius, genius. And so he's like, he seems friendly, but he's just really kind of amped, and I didn't pick up on it later. And so he was really like, hey, so you see, like, on, on the wall was the set times for everybody, and he's like, you know, they gave us all an hour, but we're supposed to go on this certain time, just so you know, like, if, that you don't go over. And I was like, yeah. He's like, but if the schedule is right, then you'll have an hour to perform it. I said, that's what they told me, that I have an, have an hour. Yeah. And I said, I prepared for an hour, so I'm going to play. And he's like, okay, cool, that'll be fine. And there's set times, I was like, all right. And so then he, like, asked me if I knew Santa Fe well. I was like, yeah, I know it fairly well. And he's like, well, I, we want to eat somewhere. And I was like, well, what are you looking for? I'm trying to think of the street names. And then he was like, oh, I guess you don't know this place at all. I guess you don't know it like you said you did. And I was just like... What? And he's like, you said you're a native of Santa Fe. I was like, no, I'm from Albuquerque. I come up here a bit. And he's like, okay, well, I guess we're just going to Google it. And he just got bugged because I wasn't like the oracle and I could just rattle off places. Right, and right. I was like, all right, cool, man. <laughs> so Mike and I like, go and I do my sound check because they're off to do whatever. And I get ready and I'm gonna, I play my show like a couple hours later. And during my set, I didn't even play the full hour. During my set, um, I think I played like 35, 40 minutes. They started us later, and that happens a lot. Your shows get pushed, yeah. you know? And I don't even remember the time that I was supposed to go on, but I went on like maybe 20 minutes. So it ate into my set, but I thought, oh, we'll have enough time, and it's fine. That's what the sound people told me. The um, stage manager told me, like, it's kind of disorganized there, so I was hearing two different things. But anyway, so during my set, I'm playing it, and I have a bunch of songs left, maybe four or five, and my 
whatever, I'm about to start another one, the tour manager comes up to me and he's like telling me, he's giving me an X. And I guess, I guess everyone knows what this means. I've never heard that. I have never like seen that X, before. Like, like, your arms. like yeah. this is the last song. Come for them. <laughs> yeah, this is the last song. So it's an X. With your like crossbones, with your arms. <laughs> right. Okay. And I've I was, never heard of that. yeah, he just comes up to me and he does this, and I'm just like, all oh, right, man, cool. <laughs> right, on. <laughs> right on. And I was like, oh, like, okay. And I was like, I have one more. I was saying I have one. You know, I have more songs. And then he's doing the text to me, and I said, oh, okay, everybody, I guess I have one more song. And it's not the stage manager. It's not the sound guy who tells you, "Hey, you have one more right. song." This is the tour manager is, from the other band. This is the tour manager from the other band right. telling me this. And he, and then he looks angry. He looks mad after like my one more song. And I'm like, okay. And I'm confused. And I do the song, and I'm like, oh, cool. And I'm gathering my stuff. And then all of a sudden, it's like. It's like, you know, you guys, when you drink too much and it, you were having a really good time and then all of a sudden the lights just get dimmer and things start turning red, <laughs> like really bad. You're like, ooh. It's like in the horror movies, like you, it's sinister music starts playing. I was gathering, like doing my gear and the tour manager comes up to me on stage and I look at them smiling and he's just like, how dare you? And I was like, what? And he's like, how dare you? You knew you went over your time. We talked about this. You did that on purpose. And I was holy like, shit. holy shit. What exactly? I was like, what? And I was really like, whoa. He's just like, yeah, just hurry up and get your shit off stage. And I was like, oh my God. And I was like really freaked out. Like I was like, okay, okay. I said, what did I do? He's all, you know what you did wrong. I told you. We talked about this. And I was like, I didn't know was going over my time I'm, I'm sorry and I started being like I'm sorry and I I, I had all these feelings of being bullied <laughs> and being just what? being bullied yeah, and yeah. just being like I felt myself shrinking just diminishing and it was just upsetting and he was just like we talked about this and like you went over and you're a diva and he started saying all these things to me and I was just like this is like a nightmare and I, I could feel myself crying I'm a really emotional person and I cry whatever fuck it yeah. But I was just like, what is happening? And it was just, and my friend, Marcella, who did my makeup for the show, was in the front row with other people. So people in the audience were watching this, who were just standing right. up. Oh, this is happening on stage. Yeah, this is happening on stage. This is right, like, like minutes yeah. after I stopped, and I was right. just getting, like, and during, I should also say, during my performance, I, like, my last song, I saw the tour manager yelling at the stage manager and just, like, looking at me, and I was like, this is really Anyway, so flash flash forward to me getting my gear, getting my stuff, and he's just berating me, and my friend Marcel is like, Maro, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I just got to get my stuff. I just, you know, and he's just like still digging into me, and I was like, you know what? I said, how dare you? I was like, how dare you talk to me in this way? I said, this is humiliating enough. Getting my getting all my shit. I'm getting my gear off for you. I said, how dare you talk to me in this way? I apologize to you. I'm sorry. I said, but you're not going to admonish me in front of a crowd like I'm a dog. I was like, fuck that. Yeah. And I was just like, because I could hear that voice inside me saying, you don't have to apologize. Yeah, you did nothing that. wrong. Yeah. 
And I heard that Lady Uranium is just like, fuck this dude. <laughs> you didn't know you. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna rip him to shreds. Like, I just was like, and then I just saw, I was like, you're not crying on stage. I felt myself, you're not gonna give him the satisfaction. You're gonna cry backstage, get your shit tomorrow, cry backstage. That's totally cool. So I got all my stuff. And I was gathering and then putting it, I went and backstage to the green room to put my stuff away and he says, so what are you doing? And he was just following me, like just on me. And I was like, I'm putting my stuff away, man. You told me to get my stuff, I'm putting it away. So I've never seen anybody just take their stuff like this before. I said, you've never seen anybody load a relay? Well, that's right, you're the tour manager. <laughs> and I was just like, you don't have to do anything. Right. And I was just like, I'm getting my stuff. And I was grabbing it, and my, my friend Marcella asked me again, because you could tell I was freaked out. And I was like, yeah, Mar- Marcy, help me. I, I need this stuff. And so in the midst of me, I forgot something there. I forgot cables while I was getting all my stuff off stage. Right. I got them later, but that sucks. You forgot them on stage, or you forgot them? I forgot them on stage because I was in a hurry to yeah, get all my totally. shit off. So yeah. I was getting my stuff, and the guy is talking to me while I'm getting my stuff. He's like, look, look, I just want to tell you. I was like, I'm getting my stuff. Leave me alone. Just leave me alone. I don't need your help. He's like, I just want to help you. I'm like, don't help me. Don't touch my stuff. Don't talk to me. Leave me alone. I said, I'm doing what you asked me to do. We're done. I said, we're done. And I was just getting my stuff. And Perfume Genius, all the members were just like looking at me stunned. And they're like, we just want to say we're really sorry. And I said, what's wrong with him? I said, there's something wrong with your tour manager. He's mentally ill or he's on drugs. He said, I said, I've been disrespected in my day. But I said, this is a whole new level. I said, this is a... I said, but you know what? He gave me a story. And I said, he gave me a story, so thank you. And I was just like... Because I knew I was just all this. And I was... So I got all my stuff, fine off stage. So he comes and he starts talking to me. And he says, oh, look, look, you know, I, I didn't mean to yell at you, but you know what you did. And I said, I don't know what I did. And I said, I, that's so disrespectful. I said, we're good. I said, I'm not mad at you. It's fine. You're going to do what you're going to do. I said, but you need to know that's wrong and disrespectful. I'm a person. I'm a human. Would you do this to a man? And he was just like, well, no. I was just like, we're done. We're good. I said, and I shook his hand. I was like, you don't have to worry about me. And he's like, well, I hope you stay for the show. And I was like, yeah, why would I leave because of you? And then I was like, come on, Marcy, let's go. I said, I need a drink. And so my parents were there, and I went, and my brother, and so we went to get a drink in their little lounge area at Mount Wolf. And the guy came after like 15 minutes, and he came and said, look, I just want to apologize to you. That was wrong. And I said, good. And I almost told him, like, oh, thank you so much. Like, it's okay. I was going to be like, no, it's cool, man, because that's what I, that's my go-to, to be nice, because I want to be nice. And then I was like, I heard that voice like, mm-mm, <laughs> no, nope. don't say anything. And I did. I was just like, no, it's cool. Thank you. I said, that's what you should do. That's being a person. And he's all, you know, I didn't have to. And I was like, come on, man. You don't have to anything. <laughs> You're just good. Keep taking the hole. And he's all, look, I just really, like, I just wanted to go right. And male wolf, they told us two different I said, yeah, they told us weird, squirrely things. I agree with you. I said, no yeah, I said, there's no reason to find salt. But you know, you know what you did. You know that you went over. I know. He couldn't let it go. He couldn't, he let, couldn't it go. let it go. He couldn't let it go. And I think the fact that I didn't yell at him. 
didn't do any of that. I, I wasn't mean. I was really firm, and I wasn't shitty. Like, he was being shitty. He was like, whoa, I don't know how to handle this. He's all, I just, you know, we really liked your set. We thought you were really great. And we, he's all, I picked you. I handpicked you to open for us. So, uh, yeah, my, that was my... Man, that's so fucked. But it was really... I cried a little backstage, but I felt really good that I held it together and that I found some power within myself. Yeah, it was really crazy, and uh, I just, I've been galled at, and I've been just totally like, but not to that level, that such anger. It was like, so, it was so angry. That was what was scary. It was it was angry. Yeah. It was a it was a very pointed uh, and built up resentment, and it was just me, you guys. It was just one person, right. and it was one woman on stage that caused such ire. And I just wish the best for that dude. I don't even remember his name. I'm not trying to slander this person. I think the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah, I, feel like... I he apologized, which is cool because not a lot of people do that. Apologize. My mom is always reminding me of that, which is good. Thanks, mom, for being a nice person. But I think we also need to call out people for their behavior. I think it's really important. I mean, I and I having now like collected a handful of stories. Like I've been doing this for the last couple of weeks. I feel like most of my friends who are kind, decent people are hesitant to like shit talk anybody there's like there's always that hesitance like oh I don't want to I don't want to put anybody down or slander anybody but at the same time I feel like if we one of the point one of the ideas of this thing is to share people's stories and also to like yeah call people out when they're shitty and I think that's I think that's okay I don't yeah I mean I hope I, I hope that this this guy um, is not becomes less angry and becomes more chilled out and maybe this was like he was having a bad day maybe tour wasn't going great there could be a number of factors but I look back on my first meeting with him and that's why I begin the story this way is because he was weird even at the beginning he was already hyped up and just kind of strange and had like 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 irritated energy so it just it just added to the whole evening and I just had never, never, to be yelled at like that. Yeah. It just felt like, I did, I immediately was like, I did something wrong. I, it's my fault. It is my fault. And I was like, whoa. I, I've had to unlearn that. It's awesome that you were able to at least find that, that other voice though, that, that's, that's like, no, 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 no. You're being an asshole here. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> like, I was. I'm not. I didn't actually do anything wrong. I'm glad I was doing all my, I've been doing like all sorts of research on apologizing and I was writing a paper and doing a performance art piece and all this stuff. And so I think if I had not been doing that, I wouldn't have been as empowered to speak up for myself as much. Right, right. Because like I said, if you've been discriminated or bullied or anything, like I think a natural response is to be like wounded and to go inside or just to be like, "Uh, no. This is no... This but the thing is, even if you were in the wrong, like, even if you went, like, 30 minutes over or whatever, like, 
that all that still would be totally uncomfortable. I mean, yeah. we've all played shows where somebody goes long. I've been the guy who's done, for sure. I've never, ever, I, it just happens. No, you just wouldn't, though. Like, you just, you wouldn't. Yeah, That's right. Not... But look who we are. We're talking about DIY musicians. We're talking about right. musicians that are in a small percentile of musicians that make it, you know? Sure. This is like, this is a band on a label. This is a band that tours nationally. This is international. This is a band that has some has been on whatever the Colbert Report or something. Okay. That have, they have like cachet. We know how to treat people because we have a more smaller like right. connect microcosm of, of playing and organizing that kind of thing. At least that's my theory. So, I think that makes sense. So we're, think, we're normal. This is normative. This is normal for us. But do you think also, I feel like the position of tour manager is weird. Oh, Because very. some bands kind of rely on their tour manager to be an asshole so that they don't have to be an asshole. Yes. And yes. I, don't know if, I'm, I don't know this band, so I don't know. If, no, they may have picked this guy. I don't know. Like sometimes it works out in their favor to have a hard ass, somebody who's going to like... You know, walk tall and carry a big stick. And who whatnot. he was really pissed off was the booker. He was mad at the booker, and he was mad that the show didn't go on time. So that's that was not my fault. And I told him that I said, "I'm not the sound person. I'm not the stage manager. I didn't set these times. Right. I showed up for a job, for a gig, and I told him too. I said, in our line of work, shows never go." No. on time I said they just don't I said you should see us in Albuquerque man show starts <laughs> at 7 well, it's gonna start at 9 this, that was last night That's at gonna, the Gold House it was like I think 8.45 it's gonna it was like listed at 7 or 7.30 it's Albuquerque time and yeah. I just thought wow is it in your contract that you have to start at like 8 o'clock or 8.05 or yeah, is that a part of their writer I, I thought about all this stuff retrospectively and I just really, my biggest thing for musicians, especially women musicians, is being able to advocate for yourself yeah. without it being used against you or thrown, a, thrown in your face. And that you have every right to play and be on stage like anybody else. And I really feel like that was the first time that I stood up for myself in a way that I was like, no, I don't have to do this. I don't have to play this game, and I don't have to. I don't. I don't have. I don't have to do this, and I don't deserve it. And I'm really glad. I'm glad I said something. But yeah, that was the. I think that's the most humiliated I've ever felt on stage. Yeah. And I was just like, and I've. I've been humiliated on stage before. Clifford, there's another story, and I'll tell you later. Okay. But. Hurry on time. I gotta go. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sorry. I love you. That was great. Thank you for being a part of Great story. That was good. Oh my god, you've not heard that one? I didn't hear, uh, I didn't hear that. So. I just, yeah. I'm sure Clifford. Oh, but yeah, sorry I prattled on. No worries, no worries. Let me know when you're in again in the morning. Definitely. Hi, Clifford. Bye, Marvel. See you later. So, it's so intense. And I guess I don't know what else to say except um, I'd like to hear your story. Okay. Now. Well, I I, um, I like a good preface. I, I like prefaces sometimes that go on for a really uh, long time before you even get to the to the meat of it. You know because uh, 
I think it's the a lot of like philosophical texts that I read. There's a lot of explaining that you have to do before it gets going. I don't really have to explain the story, but I do. I I like the the general topic of like worst gig ever, uh, worst show ever. Um, because because there's so many possibilities that make a show that can make a show bad. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you've experienced uh, most of the stuff that that I'll mention. Like, uh, you know, some shows are bad because you don't get paid. You know, you, yeah. you show up, you bring your gear, you play your heart out, and then whether it's you know a small audience or just whoever is like in charge of money is not in charge of the money they can't get it together to ask people for money or right, right. you know because you kind of have to go around to these DIY shows and ask people for so it's kind of a person you don't they don't have usually have a door person and right. you know like a club or something so so you got to have somebody there that's willing to like get money out of people and it's weird because you know in the 1980s DIY shows were like 5 bucks and now DIY shows like 40 years later are 5 bucks <laughs> it's yep. like it's like the 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 ability to, for a, a person to just play a show and get paid a proper amount is like it just it's just harder and harder, you know. It's so hard to ask somebody for ten bucks, you know, for a show. It's it's hard to so keep it at five, but right. that's just so little now compared to what it used to be, you know. Yeah. Um, so so low money is is can make a gig bad, um, you know. Showing up and getting bumped off the bill that's bad, but that that rarely happens. Um, playing for very few people is demoralizing, um, and it, but it happens. And, and sometimes you just play and you're like, eh, you know, it's like practice tonight. You know, right, like right. like I'm just I'm just honing in my skills. I don't care if there's somebody here or not. Like, uh, you know, most musicians I think can do that. You know, like if you're. Uh, if you're a DIY musician just going around doing your own thing you're going to play to almost nobody sometimes and that's fine you know sometimes that's okay um, this this worst gig ever was part of the Big Watt tour since Maurice is not here uh, and can't contribute I'd like to pull something from that tour Yeah, yeah. Um, we had several shows on that tour where there was nobody there and they weren't actually that bad there was this place in Manhattan that like you know, we brought more people than the band before and after us who were from New York, and the, and they recharged the cover for every band. And so, if you didn't want to be there for that band, you'd, you just had to leave the place, or you couldn't just stay there and drink or whatever. Like it was like what was it, it, it was. I don't know. It's so it was like a they had music there live for forty or fifty years, and they just recently closed it um, after we had played there. But it was I don't know maybe called Kenny's or something. It was just this really long skinny bar, and none of the bands had anything to do with each Wait, other. Was it I don't know. Was, yeah, but it was it was awful. It was like a Saturday night. Yeah. And it was it was there was literally I mean every place around there was New York. Every bar, every other place was full of people. And this was like the only empty place right. in the entire like neighborhood. Um, because I mean it was like the first band was like a polyphonic spree sounding thing and then Bigawatt, which is like experimental hip hop, and then like a new metal band after us. So it like made no sense, and it was just all day, like all day long. This place just it was just a factory churning out bands and just letting people play. Um, and of course, there was no money and no audience. But that wasn't the worst one on the the tour. The worst one, I think, <laughs> the one that's you know, because sometimes things just stick in your craw and you can't yeah. and you can't let them go, or they just they're just too weird. Um, so. We, we go to this place in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, Ohio's weird. I, yeah. uh, I, I love how weird Ohio is. It's weird in a special way. 
uh, and people from Ohio are weird in a special way. And uh, and so Columbus is, is, is like a little microcosm of why, you know, Ohio is so strange. And, and we play this place in kind of like downtown Columbus, and it's called Skylab. And it's like the fourth or fifth floor of a building. It's like either the, the tallest floor, the second highest floor, or whatever in this building downtown. So you go up in the elevator, and you oh, and it opens up to this floor. And the floor is like the, you know, there's people that live there and the performance space. So it's kind of like a whole, kind of like what you'd expect at a DIY venue. Like somebody lives there, and there's a performance area, there's a kitchen area. You know, it's like a it's like a live-work space. And, but it's the entire floor. Um so we get there on time, you know, uh, we kind of like, at this little place, it reminds me of like a Chili's or like a local Chili's or a local Applebee's kind of place down down below, yeah. down on the first floor, you know, like in another building. And then we go up, and then uh, everyone at this gig is weird. Like, uh, I mean, we, we come to find out why. Uh, but, uh, and it kind of touches on other things that you find in, in you know, the music scene, uh, which is... You know, like alcoholism and drug use, which is just prevalent in the music yeah, scene. Definitely. It's very hard to, you know, I mean, when you play bars, like usually your pay is alcohol, so it's so hard not to be a bar band and not just develop at least a minor drinking thing, you know, if not yeah, yeah. a full-blown, you know, alcoholism or whatever. But uh, we get there and, and they've been drinking, and then also we come to find out doing like a lot of coke. And so, you mean the, the people who run the venue, the people the... that run the venue, the people that live there, the, the other bands that are playing there. It's kind of a small scene, and everybody turns out to be just super coked out. <laughs> um, so, so you know, we're like, what time should we start? And they're like, oh, you know, like when people get here. And so it's like vague about when we're going on and what it's going to be and we're like okay cool like like what's the cover and they're like oh i don't know we're just gonna we're just gonna talk to people and get maybe we'll see it's like a whatever you know we'll pass the hat and like okay cool there's no cover there's no you know start time uh and so it just gets later and later i mean it turns out you know if you're on a lot of coke it doesn't matter what time it is you know <laughs> you're, you're full of energy and anything can happen at any moment so so finally, uh, the first band goes on, and uh, they're like, uh, the dude The dude talked to, to me, uh, kind of the main guy, the singer-songwriter guy, talked to me about, like, Joe Meek. We talked about Joe Meek a lot. Um, okay. So it was like a cool, like, weird, weirdo set. Um, and then uh, there's this, like, the stage area is kind of here, and then there's, uh, like an area where you can put your gear kind of next to it kind of off to the side and then past that area is like a door that goes to like a bedroom apparently that's where everybody goes to do the coke and so while bands are playing there's people just walking in and out right past the band just right by the you know right in front of and by the stage and behind the stage just however they can get to this door um and uh and so so that's happening during the first set and then we play and then there's just all these people walking around during our set, like totally uninterested in the music, and and very just like disrespectful of all the stuff that was going on, and uh, and everybody's like like starting to get kind of like on edge and aggravated, um, and so so while we're playing our set, this weird stuff is happening, and everybody in the band is feeling weird, and the audience is getting weird. And then afterwards, I'm trying to remember exactly how this goes. I think uh, 
Drake had like put his drums, or a drummer for Big Wop, put his drums kind of where the gear is, and then this drummer for the other band uh, ends up like getting real aggravated about something. He starts throwing the drums, and he's angry about where our gear he's is, even though his drums, his own drums, his own drums, around, super angry. Uh, and there was something that was like, like I think maybe he had grabbed some of Drake's drum and did thrown his stuff too or was like really aggressive with Drake about where he said his drums and Drake had just at that point like he was about to snap he was about to like fight this guy Wait, this guy was after or before this you is played? right after we played and before this other guy was about to go on okay. and and so we have to sit through one more band before we can like get our money and get out of there and it just devolves it just like like their set was, you know, again, just so strange and coked out, and everybody you couldn't talk to anybody because it's so it was just, and it almost felt like maybe it was like coke and like I don't know, like people were weird, like synthetic marijuana or something like that makes people like even weirder than than just normal drugs or something <laughs> like they were. It was it was hard to. So we, at the end, we're like, the final band is over. We're trying to like get our money. I'm like, hey, what's the money situation? Like, oh, we'll get it to you. Like, well, let me uh, let me find out where. And then they like walk off, and then they get caught up doing something else. We have to like ask for the money like several times because we just want to get out of there. Right. Um, so it's like, okay, well, let's let's load up our gear while uh, some of us will load while other of us work on the getting the money, and. Uh, and so we go to the elevator and hit the, the button to go down and the elevator opens up and there's like six dudes all like laying all in the elevator just like totally all over the floor like you know arms and legs all intertwined just like Ugh. and they're like oh do you need in here like yeah we, we need to like get in the elevator to like get our gear out and they're like oh no, okay sorry like, just, they're just hanging in the elevator yeah they're just hanging like they're just going up and down in the elevator all super <laughs> high do like a like a a ride or something you know and and so and they're like uh and they kind of like get out of the way a little bit but they don't leave the elevator so we're like loading out gear like with these dudes that are just sprawled all in the elevator and they're not going anywhere not in particular they just they don't they don't know how to leave, get out of the elevator <laughs> totally they're too high to like, like we'll do move whatever over here i guess but we yeah. live here so. yeah <laughs> we kind of live in the this elevator is, this is kind or of our, our spot <laughs> yeah so it was we finally got paid Finally got our gear out, and then I think it was just you know the the the, the stuff that happened to Drake. I, again, I wish I could tell those details better, but but it was just like he was. I think his gear was touched and messed with. He was like yelled at, and he was about ready to fight. I mean, he was so angry, and we kind of had to like talk him down. Like, okay, like just dude, just it's better we leave. Like, just let's get out of here. These people yeah. are fucked up, and yeah. So so anyway, that's you know, I mean, something about that gig was definitely more odd and weird than just you know not getting paid we did get paid and not having an audience we did have an audience you know but it was it was the one from the whole tour that like we left and we're like we had like got the creeps you know like just it just felt so bad and um i can't imagine that scene is like lasted much longer after that you know like that's that's one of those scenes that just you can see is like just on its way down like crashing you know like yeah you can't sustain that for very long so uh Man, good to talk to you. I feel like we yeah. wrap it up and uh, okay. we're probably going to drive to Santa Fe now. Awesome. Good. Enjoy. Uh, Are you going to Madrid? I don't think so. Uh, Maria, I think, had something going on first day. Okay. And is going to meet up. We're going to meet up there. Oh, okay. I don't know what. Just 
episode of Worst Show Ever was made possible by the pledges of Donna Freeman, Meg Roberts, and Christina Amador-Perez. If you'd like to support this endeavor, please go to patreon.com slash worst show ever.